Hello, my podcast family. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Welcome to the beginning of the week, starting with the daily grind. But it gets a little lighter when we start it with Jesus. So today we're in Psalms 92, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. It is good to praise the Lord and make music of your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. And though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree and will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in Him. This psalm is to be sung on the Sabbath, but the author is unknown. Oops, you know what? I forgot to mention that now we are in book four. Remember, all 150 psalms are divided into five books, and it's speculated that the breakdown of five was because of the first five books of the Torah. And so we started in book four with Psalm 90. And the end of book four concludes with Psalm 106. Sorry, I forgot to mention that when we started in, um, in, on Psalm 90. But it should be really easy what category this psalm is. It's a Thanksgiving psalm. And we haven't had one of those in a long time. I have to admit it's refreshing. <laughs> Don't you just love how the author begins the, the psalm? It is good to praise the Lord. And since, you know, it, it, this is to be sung on the Sabbath, what the author is doing is he's leading the congregation, the children of worship, the people who are there at the temple. He's leading them in to worship. For me, the entire psalm is an act of worshiping God to remember how good he is and that, you know, we can worship God with all we have. Notice that it talks about the stringed um, lyre and the melody and the harp, right? So musical instruments are not excluded from worship. Verse 4 reminds us of one aspect of worship for me, which is to celebrate what God has done 
right? We also celebrate who he is just for being God most high, but we also celebrate what he's done for us in our lives. It's a way of saying thank you, right? To be grateful and appreciative of all that God has done for us. And I find it comical how the author in verse six says that not all people will understand. Not all people understand God, his word, nor do they understand our worship. The author calls them senseless. Some other translations may call them fools or foolishness. But many, you know, do not understand God, his word, why we worship, how we worship God. You know, worship is both an individual act as well as a communal act. And if we're honest, even within the body of Christ, there are people who seem silly or senseless when it comes to worship and knowing the word of God not understanding the importance of digging in the word of God and being amongst believers and fleshing stuff out and actively worshiping God. It is important to be unapologetically unashamed when you worship God. And I'm not sure, you know, throwing a shoe or an object across the room, um, which I have heard has been done. I've not witnessed it, but I'm not sure if that's really a part of worship. I'm not sure if that's the Holy Spirit, (laughs) but learning to celebrate God in a way that is genuine to you is essential for being a well-rounded Christian. What is a well-rounded Christian, you ask? (laughs) Well, I believe a well-rounded Christian is one who is committed to learning the word of God, one who is working within their spiritual gifts, one who who communes with God frequently, right? One who has an established prayer life, one who is connected with other believers. And yes, I'm speaking about having a church home and being active in it, which goes back to working in your spiritual gifts. One who gives as directed by the Holy Spirit, who isn't stingy with something that really isn't theirs in the first place. I'm talking about money and your time. And one who worships and celebrates God. You may think it's an exhausting list, but it's not. All of these make us well-rounded, but each must be consistently maintained and managed. By this, I mean that none of these is like a one and done. You know, like, okay, I did this and now I can move on to the next. It's a constant. And so we need to be consistent within it. There's a consistency within our, in the life of the believer of doing these things over and over, right? Verse 7 through 9 provide comfort in knowing that God is just that he will execute justice on the world. Therefore, we don't really need to worry about what other people may be getting away with in a sense. Now, I'm not advocating for dismissing our civic responsibilities and not to hold people accountable. No, I'm speaking more about what Paul called the evil principalities, you know, that we can see with our spiritual eyes, things such as inhumane actions and treatment, corruption, violence, you know what I'm saying, sexual immorality. Now, at the individual level, we can hold people accountable, yes, but the system or the climate that they breathe, that they create, that they are, that's for God to dismantle when he returns. The last verse 
reminds us of who we are in Christ, that we're prosperous in him. And we've talked about, you know, what being prosperous means and what it doesn't mean, which is all of us will be millionaires. Sorry. (laughs) Some, but not all. Prosperous means to, you know, things are going good in our lives, good in our jobs, in our families, in our communities. That's prosperous. Not the world's definition of prosperity. I think this is a wonderful song to be sung on Sundays, but realistically, we can recite this psalm, and you can sing it if you want to, (laughs) um, any day of the week, because it celebrates God. It talks about how he cares for us. I forgot to highlight that in verse 10 where it says, you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Um, In the Bible, you know, once again, using symmetry and, and, and figurative language, to to create an image for the people to understand my horn is a symbol of strength you know the horn of of a beast or an ox they had horns as well and so that's what that means but it celebrates God and it also celebrates who we are in God it teaches us really to hmm, take a break from the stress of caregiving And to remember God, you know, to take 10 minutes and have a little worship session with God. And after you've done it, I promise the day will be a little easier for you to remember. It is good to praise the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for giving us this psalm of thanksgiving, a psalm that celebrates you and what you have done for us, that you have been a consistent God, a God who doesn't sit high and look low, but a God who is in the very details of our lives, a God who is working things out for our good, a God who is worth celebrating. We thank you for your love for us, and we thank you for how you have orchestrated our lives, how you have protected us, how you have given us the strength to make it through this day. Help us to celebrate you with joy. Give us a clear definition of what prosperity means to you in our lives as individuals. Help us, Father, to become well-rounded Christians, those who are committed to learning your word, who know what our spiritual gifts are and who are actively working in those spiritual gifts, who are connected, you know, to a church that we come to you in prayer, that we seek your guidance daily, that we worship you and celebrate you, understanding that our lives are worship to you. We want them to be a sweet aroma in your nostril. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for being with us. Be with the caregivers, Father. Give them strength to endure the journey ahead. Bless the ones that they are caring for. Ease their burden. Remove their pain. Surround them with people who love them. I lift up the doctors who are taking care of them, all of the health care providers, maybe the professional caregivers who come in from day to day. We just pray for each household, Father, that has accepted your call as caregiver. Be with them and allow them to know that you are there with them as well. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
All right, my podcast family, now go and minister the act of caregiving. In the name of Jesus, bye.